0: The Rod and Staff podcast comes out of the host's passion for Christ and his church. It exists to encourage a deeper engagement with issues that pertain to doctrine and life. Check us out at rodandstaff.org.
1: Welcome to the Rod and Staff podcast. I am your host, Roger, along with my co host, Jason. And we are back for another episode, and this is a special episode where we brought along a guest with us to uh, talk about uh, international mercy ministry. So going to be a different topic we haven't dealt with before, so we brought on someone who can give us a lot of insight and experience uh, into this. Um, but before we get into that, we're going to start with our question, and I should probably introduce our guest before I ask the, the question, but we have with us today Mario Aguilar, uh, who works at Children's Hunger Fund in the International uh, Mercy, or in the International Department, I should say, and so he's joining us today, and so um, let's start, though, with our question for you, let's see if I can trip you up. Jason, as I always tried to do. Great. I don't think I've asked this question. Maybe I've asked it in a different way. But here is the question, and we'll start with Jason and Mario go last, so he has some time to think about uh, his answer. Thank you. Okay, it's kind (laughs) of you. Very kind. (laughs) So, so here's my question for you, Jason. I don't know if I ever asked you. Who's your favorite author, and why?
0: Who's my favorite author? And why? Okay, so the problem is there's like many different authors <laughs> that I like. Okay, but I think i I think to answer your question, I'm gonna I'm gonna go this route. Okay, I'm gonna say that in in my lifetime and growth, the author that has been most impactful uh, for me has been uh, the late Doctor RC Sproul. Yeah. Because his books were so accessible. They were such a great introduction to theological thinking and and reasoning and the, the Reformation. So I would say that Dr. Sproul has got to be kind of my favorite for nostalgic reasons and, and uh, things like that, too. Uh, but I will also throw in just because I know you love biblical counseling, Raj. So I'm going to say Ed Welch is also one of mm. my favorite authors in a kind of a different category um, mm-hmm. I love his stuff. His stuff has been so impactful and just kind of thinking about my own heart and, uh, so many of the struggles that people deal with in the church that we're ministering to. So, uh, his book on, on people pleasing has been uh, such a great help. So probably a lot of authors that I love Roger, but I'll give you those two. Okay. Okay. give me okay? an answer
1: yeah right. yeah that, that's acceptable this time it's acceptable okay <laughs> actually if uh, you bring up Ed Welch I'm reading his newest book right now it's a small little book uh, called I Have a Psychiatric Diagnosis What hmm. Does the Bible Say and it's just a small little counseling book just to give some quick truth on that topic so oh, that sounds yeah. cool wow. Yeah, okay so I'll go up next Mario give Mario a little bit more time so I'll stay in the same kind of realm <laughs> Uh, Yeah, of course, there are many authors we can think of uh, and that have impacted us. But probably the one that I've read the most or read over and over again is going to be Paul David Tripp, um, (laughs) just with all of his counseling books and the theology that comes out of there and how he connects it uh, so well to the heart. Um, I just go back to him time and time again, Um, humble writer and just writes uh, really well.
2: so. Okay, we've given Mario enough time, so Mario. You know, um, I think the way that I see it is the the my favorite author is the one that I'm reading most recently. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so uh, I've been I've been spending a lot of time with uh, Sinclair Ferguson recently, Ooh. and uh, oh. I am I am just uh, blown away just by um, the just the, the simplicity of profound truth in the way that he explains profound truth and how Mm. he makes it very accessible to a simple mind like mine like mine uh i i really appreciate the way that he that he writes Just the the exaltation of christ uh in the in the way that he writes is is very impactful to me so i'm reading through uh, his book on uh mark uh right now so i'm very very impacted by it Mm. and uh as a second option i i would i would echo you um Roger, uh, not just from my experience in, in my interaction with biblical counseling, uh, with, uh, our church, uh, but, uh, also uh, in our readings at CHF, I uh, have uh, these mm-hmm. book clubs at, at Children's mm-hmm. Fund where the staff is able to read through books, uh, um, uh, from the leadership to the rest of the organization, reading different books and the, the most impactful, I think we, w- we would say, uh, I think Roger, you would agree with me are the books from, uh, from uh, Paul Tripp, uh, particularly mm. the lead book, has been mm. very
1: impactful to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. His other book, Dangerous Calling. Ooh. Um, yeah. Don't get me is started. Really oh yeah.
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> I can talk about books all night. We could just hijack this episode and talk about books.
0: I, you know, I, I I have to admit, I was a little surprised not at not at Mario's answer. Okay. Uh, well, I was surprised, Raj, that you did not say Jerry Bridges. <laughs>
1: It's a close second. Okay, that's it's, what I thought. <laughs> it's hard. It's a close second. Okay.
0: All right. I accept that. I just was amazed. I was I was going to say it before you said it, but yeah. you went a different route. So. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: okay, let's uh, get into our episode on International Mercy Ministry. So as I started the episode off, uh, we brought in a guest, Mario Aguilar. He's a coworker of mine at Children's Hunger Fund. Uh, who works uh, in the international ministry development uh, team. So just to get us started, Mario, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your family, your role at uh, Children's Hunger Fund?
2: Yeah, thank you, Roger and uh, Jason. It's a joy to be joining you guys uh, in this podcast. Uh, Thank you so much for the invitation. Um, I am uh, a sinner saved by grace, uh, married to one wife for 18 years. Maria, who has been putting up with me for all this time. Uh, we have two uh, beautiful children, Samuel, who's uh, our firstborn. He's going to be 13 in August. My goodness, I'm old. And uh, my daughter, Abigail, uh, my little Abby, who's following right behind him, uh, who's going to be 12 uh, in October. So two children. We've been uh, in living in Santa Cruz, California for the past uh, 14 years, 14, 15 years. Uh, also serving uh, in a, in a local church in the local context, uh, planting a church towards the Latino community in uh, Santa Clarita, uh mm-hmm. during that time. So uh, it's been a it's been a joy. Uh, it, it's interesting. Our, our ministry experience with uh, this Latino church plant uh, was almost uh, at the same time that I began my role at Children's Songer Fund. Mm-hmm. So my experience with CHF has been walking alongside. Uh, Simultaneously with with my my role as a as a uh, lay pastor or bivocational pastor uh, at, at um, Iglesia Biblica Esperanza Hope Bible Church that's in New Home. yeah, yeah. So that's come. a little bit about me. Yeah,
1: great. Well, on the topic of uh, mercy ministry, it may be a phrase that uh, people haven't heard as much. Uh, it's language we think about uh, every day. At, at CHS as we think about Mercy ministry so let's start off there with just that that concept of what is Mercy ministry and how does that tie into the mission uh, of CHF
2: uh it's it's been a, a journey for me to learn this idea of Mercy ministry in that uh Roger if you remember even even in our um First, early stages of uh, the organization, Children's Hunger Fund, uh, called it compassion ministry. And Uh the idea of compassion ministry. And uh, in speaking with the leadership at that time, I remember that there was that shift of mentality from compassion to mercy, Hmm. understanding that mercy was not just a sentiment. It was not just a feeling, but um, mercy was action. It's done something that was done towards somebody. Uh, compassion was that emotion, right? That little re- emotion mm. that that moves you. But mercy is the expression of that compassion. Is that motivation to actually do something and to think through mm. how you're going to best respond uh, in the needs of an individual that is in front of you, um, whether it's uh, an emotional need or, or a physical need. Uh, and in our case, as as churches and as mercy ministry uh, geared towards gospel proclamation. Understanding that there is also a spiritual poverty, a, speech, a spiritual need mm-hmm. that needs to be addressed around us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the idea of mercy comes from that. Is is this this compassion expressed in mercy, in in in, in mm-hmm. a tangible action towards someone that is that is in need around us? And and ministry and just the idea of ministry is just a service, right? Is it, it is done mm-hmm. towards people, uh, and that's another big component. Uh, for us is when we think about mercy ministry, this idea that it is a service done unto someone. It's a mm-hmm. person, it's an individual, it's people that are hurting around us. Um, it's not just an activity, but it, it's, mm-hmm. it, it's a true action of service towards a person, towards an individual.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That, That's good. That is
0: really good, uh, Mario. That, that distinction between compassion as a feeling that, you know, we might have like, oh, wow, I feel sorry for them versus mercy as an action done out of service. That, that's a, such a key distinction. I really appreciate that. And I'm, I'm sure our listeners appreciate that too. Yeah, that's yeah, good. Yeah, you know,
2: uh, I even, even as a new employee at CHF, I, I, I wrestled with the difference. Okay, what mm-hmm. do you mean? Uh, and yes, you know, there is many of us that can sit down uh, and look at an individual and even be moved to tears for the mm-hmm. suffering of a person. But if, if we're not, if it's not pushing you towards uh, an action, uh, towards, towards an, an actual uh, action, tangible action towards the individual, then, then it's just stays in the emotion. Right. Yeah. And uh and that's something to really think about, which to me is a, is, has been an eye opening, even in my yeah. own ministry, in our church, just to understand, Uh, we can feel pity towards someone, but uh, to truly be moved to compassion by compassion means to to put it in action. Yeah, that's great. So
1: share with our listeners who um, may not be as familiar with Children's Hunger Fund, what's the mission of the organization?
2: Yeah, um, I I love the mission of CHF uh, in the way that our president expresses, it, it's, it's, it's even more encouraging to me, uh, is to deliver hope. Uh, it's just the, the idea of delivering hope to suffering children. And uh, in, in it is done by equipping local churches for gospel Center mercy ministry. I, I love that concept, um, delivering hope. The, the idea there is that uh, because we are uh, focused on affecting the lives of others, we really want to encourage churches and congregations to be moved out of their four walls and impact the communities, neighbors around them, Mm -hmm. individuals around them, make connections with them and entering into their own world. So that's the idea of delivering that hope. It is expressed in a a very practical way, a box of food that is delivered to uh, uh, the home of an individual or a family that that is in need, particularly those that are the most vulnerable children. Um, But the idea of hope being delivered, uh, something that we wrestled with in our department Mm and in our organization. What do we mean by delivering hope? Does it mean that the food is hope? Mm -hmm. And uh, in wrestling through that with our team, uh, we came to the conclusion that there is two different ways in which you can deliver hope. Um, The the fact that you deliver a box of food to a family that is hurting uh, means that the mom and dad in that home will be able to feed their kids at least for a couple of days. That's hope. Mm-hmm. I, I know that my kids are gonna have food. But also in the in the sense that I'm being visited by a family or by individuals that have no interest, they have nothing to gain in coming mm-hmm. to my home and visiting mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And, and and the network that they represent, the in the, the relationship that they represent is not something that I'm used to. Right? This family from a church that is coming to visit me. Uh, they, they open opportunities beyond what I know. That is hope too, mm-hmm. but it's not eternal hope. Uh, it is delivered. This hope is delivered by individuals from a church who have been captured by the love of Christ in the gospel mm-hmm. and who know that they have a responsibility, a ministry of reconciliation in their lips, that they will be proclaiming the gospel of Christ Jesus to those souls with the purpose of seeing them come to repentance and faith. Uh, it is done in the context of the gospel. And that's, that's what I love about the mission of CHF, is that uh, the mission is to deliver hope to suffering children, but it's done by equipping mm-hmm. the local church. So at the end of the day, for CHF, if we see it from a, from a, a practical standpoint, our, our client, so to speak, at CHF is the local church. Right? We are indirectly affecting children and family, families in need, but because we're coming alongside local churches, churches in impoverished mm-hmm. communities, churches mm-hmm. in hard places, in diff- difficult contexts, uh, and they are the ones that are delivering the hope. Right, um, uh, CHF comes alongside them with resources, with support, and the equipping component, which is something that uh, our heart beats uh, for that. Uh, This Mm -hmm. idea of equipping, uh, it it can be understood in two different ways Uh, from the resourcing perspective, being able to deliver resources to churches and give them food and other uh, items or elements that will be able to serve families that are hurting. But there is also the equipping in the area of training, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. Helping churches Mm -hmm. think or in in, in our language to rethink what it means to do ministry to the poor, right? Uh, To think biblically of what are the expectations of a ministry like this? Uh, What should be the goals? What should be your aim? All those things, helping churches to come back to the gospel, to come back to scripture, and to understand that the influence, the motivation, and the goals should flow from scripture. So, I love that. It's the idea of equipping the local church, both by resourcing them with the food, but also uh, with training, with help to think biblically about what they're doing towards the life of the poor. Because it's not an easy thing. Um, We we think about giving things to the poor. That's a very easy task uh, Mm -hmm. if we think about it in those terms. right? Just giving a box of food to a family can be Mm -hmm. a very easy endeavor. But if you really are pursuing transformation in the life of an individual, that is a very difficult task. That is a, it, it, you're you're asking churches to enter into the pain of another family. Mm-hmm. That is a very difficult thing, uh, and and we all know here in in this in this podcast, dealing with people is very difficult, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, dealing with issues is very difficult, and uh, the more that you interact with an individual, the more profound you see that the issues are. Therefore, uh, what we're promoting what we're pushing churches to do is uh it's not a task of delivering a box of food it's entering into the pain of individuals to see the restoration that only the gospel can bring
1: yeah that's that, that's really good
2: and I, I think
1: one of the distinctives of children's hunger fund from other uh you know christian organizations that do good work is th- the focus on the end goal of the gospel in the local church we're not the food bank we're not the ministry that wants to put our face forward we want the local church to do the work and we want the gospel to remain the focus and the foundation um and that that distinctive and not being ashamed of that of amen yes we're meeting the needs of suffering children but we understand Mm. it's more than physical Mm. it's spiritual in nature the the real problem um that these families are facing. So as I said, a lot of our, oh, go ahead, Jason.
0: Well, I was just going to ask. Um, so even on the international level, you guys are working with local churches.
2: Yes. Yes. Um, internationally it's, um, it, it is interesting because uh, to work with churches internationally, it, it's, it's a, it's a very difficult task. So our job in the international department is to pursue like-minded organizations, non-profit organizations in the country or churches uh, strong enough uh, logistically Mm. to be able to to be our representatives in the country and and help us screen the churches that are going to participate in this endeavor of mercy ministry. Mm. So our job in the international uh, department is more Uh, 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 the way that I can describe it is business-to-business relationship, right? CHF Mm -hmm. as an organization connecting with another organization, like-minded, prioritizing the local church, elevating the gospel, uh, centering their ministry in uh, discipleship, Mm -hmm. the pursuit of children, the pursuit of transformation in in uh, long-term relationships with families. Once we find those organizations, they are the ones that lead us to the churches that we serve, and that's the model that we follow in the thirty-two countries that we're serving right now.
0: Thirty-two countries. So t- tell me this. Yes. Um, let's let's uh, imagine. I, I I don't know all the countries that you guys are in, but let's say yeah. you. How do you decide? So let's say, uh, you decide you want to go into a certain country, let's say Egypt or something, or do you do you start with just a connection that says. Okay, we have a connection with Egypt now. Let's go. What would it What would it look like? How do you get there? Yeah,
2: yeah. It's um. It, it is a. It is a very uh, spiritual endeavor. I, I would say. I. I've learned that in the time that I've been there, I, I see how it is. It is seeking first of all the uh, just the spirits guide, guiding. Uh, in uh, in how we're going to impact churches around the world. Hmm. Uh, there is definitely countries that we want to pursue because we know that there, the need and the, the level of poverty is immense. Uh, that is mm-hmm. uh, the example of uh, Madagascar, for example. So one of the countries mm-hmm. that we just recently entered into a mm-hmm. relationship, Madagascar ranking into you know, the top three to five uh, uh, most impoverished countries around the world. Mm-hmm. So we make those decisions from that standpoint and understanding where churches are serving in, uh, to the most um, the vulnerable individuals but I think what one, one of the things that you said right now is is exactly how the Lord has worked in the ministry of CHF and the expansion of this ministry has been through re- relationships uh it is it is the existing relationships that point us in uh, to other like-minded organizations like-minded relationships that are doing great work for the ministry of the uh, of mercy and for the gospel in multiple different countries one good example is what happened to our opportunity now in Cuba. We've been serving Cuba in the past three years now. Mm. And what the Lord is doing in Cuba is just, it's amazing. Amazing. Mm. Uh, it's, it's, it's incredible just to see how the oppression from a government has caused the expansion of the gospel mm. in, in this mm-hmm. island. It's powerful mm. to see. Uh, and we're partnering right now with 25 churches in Cuba. But it all... It was all birthed by our relationship in the Dominican Republic. Mm. It was our partners in the Dominican Republic that said, "Listen, you need to see what God is doing in Cuba. It is not a wow. question. You have to go see it." And as the Lord exposes us to those opportunities, and we get to see what God is doing in um, in some countries where the poverty levels are just staggering, uh, we are um, we are led into uh, pursuing official ministry in those countries, but the Lord has worked in multiple different ways. It's, it's, it's amazing to me just to see how uh, he uses even disasters. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, the recent explosion in Lebanon, for instance, um, mm-hmm. it's blew a huge part of the country uh, and uh, CHF responded in um, uh, emergency care for individuals in that area. And as, as, as we see the work of the church in Lebanon, uh, we are just blown away uh, to see how the church is responding. Uh, the, the intentionality to pursue the lives of children and to teach them uh, the truths of the gospel and pursue relationship with their parents motivated us to to uh, establish our our uh, most recent mercy network in Lebanon just uh, two years ago.
0: Fantastic. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: And when you get into a country, sorry, Roger, I don't know if I'm cutting your questions no, off. Or no. not. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry, okay. I just. You already know this stuff, so I get to ask some questions. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, so you get into a country and you're you're establishing this mercy network or this relationship with this other organization. Um, what are you looking for in the international local churches? What are they supposed to look for? Is there a basic statement of faith? Uh, what What are you guys looking for?
2: Yes, um, from. Uh, uh, from an international standpoint, because our relationship is with uh, another like-minded organization, there there is um, there is logistics aspect that we look at, but there is also the spiritual like-mindedness that we pursue. So there is uh, there is the official statement of faith that CHF has established uh, mm-hmm. that every organization around the globe that we partner with has to sign off on, um, prioritizing uh, the essentials of the gospel. And, and knowing that we're faithfully walking with uh, brothers, uh, like-minded brothers, in that context, that we know that the Trinity is going to be proclaimed, that the gospel is essential, that the Word is going to be exalted, that Christ is uh, is the only hope for uh, salvation. So we, we pursue those those uh, cent- central elements uh, in these relationships from a, from a theological and uh, philosophical perspective, and then we also pursue. Uh, transparency in logistics, right? Because we can have these great ministries around the globe uh, with great hearts, uh, with great desires, but if they cannot handle logistically the the level of work that is is done internationally, it it would make it very difficult to actually partner with them. So we look for those two components. Mm -hmm. Uh, Similarly, those uh, theological tenets are also transmitted to the churches that we pursue. So since we know that we have like-mindedness at the organizational level, we trust that our partners are going to bring us in relationship with churches that are going to be healthy, uh, that are going to pursue uh, the similar um, mission and focus that CHF has uh, as an organization, but also uh, with, with, the, with the focus on ministry. So our churches, every church that partners with us goes through that screening process with the help of those uh, uh, indigenous organizations representing us uh, in every country.
0: That's great. Mm. That, that's very helpful.
2: One of
1: the things, Mario, that uh, you know we do internationally that's a little bit different than domestically uh, are these international mercy centers. So mm. we do the food delivery there, but th- this concept has been around for a few years. So I think it'd be helpful for uh, those to hear this newer concept of how we're trying to help long-term uh, in these countries. So can
2: you explain yes, some of that? Yes. Absolutely. Um, you know, it, the international component is, is, is beautiful. I, I enjoyed it so much because it, it offers multiple ways in which we can impact the church. Um, the, the food pack ministry is are flagship ministry churches continue to do the exact same thing that churches in the United States do entering homes bringing the most essential elements of food for families and children. But we also have other ways in which CHF, by God's grace and the Mm -hmm. the great hearts of of, uh, donors here in the United States, it allows churches to receive other type of resources. For for example, there is this big thrust towards uh, self-sustainability projects, for example, Mm -hmm. that is not done here in the United States, but we can do it internationally. There's resources allocated for churches that have a vision to provide self-sustainability for families that have been participants of the food pack ministry, Hmm. but eventually they want to get them out of that dependency on food packs and be able to sustain uh, their families by providing with their own hands, which is is right along scriptures, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, CHF has an allocation of funds to support those type of efforts uh, for uh, multiple different uh, churches and ministries, and that's been a tremendous blessing for us to see And that happens in the international context. And in light of that, in 2018, our president had this this, uh, uh, motivation in his heart to see the church become a beacon of light in the community, uh, beyond just the food pack ministry. And uh, the concept was birthed in uh, uh, seeing churches having a multi-purpose facility, a, a place where they can worship and they can use it for the purpose of the preaching of God's word and the singing of praises, but that building being utilized outside of services for other purposes so that they can become a a source, a resource for their community. Mm -hmm. And that's all led by the vision of the pastor and the leadership of that church. So it's not a cookie cutter uh, model, but rather is led by uh, and by the the pastor himself uh, Mm in the leadership of that church. So for instance, If a pastor has a vision to have a clinic to serve his community, CHF is able to provide uh, a one-time capital investment Mm. uh, uh, for construction. So we're able to provide the resources to build that building, to furnish that building, the purpose of medical clinics, and then now the pastor has a facility where his congregation can get together and worship, but outside of services, that facility becomes a clinic for the community. a place where people can receive medical care in uh, in situations where otherwise they would never be able to uh, receive medical care. Uh, there is um, mercy, Cent- we call them mercy centers, like Roger said, and, and they take different shapes and forms. In Haiti, for example, uh, we were able to build uh, the wing for uh, rescue children. Uh, they call them Rastavic children, hmm. children that are rescued from uh, the sex traffic or mm. uh, forced labor. And uh, our ministry partner in Haiti, uh, uh, they, they recruit churches, Mercy Network churches to pursue the rescue of these children from the streets, literally wow. snatching them from the streets and, and providing a place for them to not only sleep, but to be taken care of from the, from the food to medical care, to education, clothing, everything received in one place uh, and uh, that's what our mercy center serves for in, in Haiti uh, in, uh, in Myanmar, for example, we have a center an educational center and a feeding center. Mm-hmm. So children are able to receive um, uh, help with their uh, homework after school uh, and also receive a meal. And, and mind you just remember that we're talking about third world, extreme poverty stricken mm-hmm. countries, Uh, So when we think about support for homework, that's a concept that is typically doesn't exist in these countries. So to to have children come to a place where there is a a group of individuals that are not going to charge them a cent to help them with the homework that has been assigned and to have a perspective that is going to be focused on Christ and be able to feed them. And from there, selecting families that are going to receive further assistance with food packs is just a very holistic way in which these families are served in all these Mercy Centers. So we have 17 right now operating around the world, 17 Mercy Centers, uh, three more that were uh, launched last year. They're in the process of construction. And uh, Lord willing, we're going to see another three more this year uh, being approved uh, and launched. Uh, with the goal of seeing over 35 uh, of these mercy centers around the globe so uh, we're very excited with these efforts and, and we're seeing the impact that it's having uh, around the, the the world not just for uh, the practical social impact that it's having in their communities but just the, the the relational impact and the exaltation of the church in a community that is in darkness it's just yeah. beautiful to see uh in peru for example uh, I don't know if I'm talking too much, but you guys need to stop me, okay? <laughs> That's I right, get you're excited on the show, yeah? <laughs> 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 But, you know, um, in Peru, for example, uh, the, the, our pastor in Peru, Pastor Luis Cervantes, he said, listen, there is no schools in here that will provide high quality Christian education to impoverished children. I want to do that. I want to provide high quality education to these children so that they can know Christ." And they can have an education that is God centered. I want them to understand that math is makes sense because we have a logical God. Mm. And I want them to understand that you know we have a body that functions because we have a great creator. Uh he said we I want I want to do that for for people that only that speak Spanish, but also Quechua, you know, which is the, mm. the native tongue of these remote regions in Peru. As CHF was able to provide uh, Pastor Cervantes with the building for the school, and and to hear the testimonies that is coming that are coming out from this mercy center, the 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 community was very antagonistic towards the gospel in, in mm. these areas. There they worship the lands, the, the mm. mother earth, right? Uh, they make sacrifices still to mother earth to bless the land and to bring rain. So when they hear about uh, this crucified God rose from the dead, there there is. There is a huge antagonism towards the church, mm. but to see them to see them change the perspective because of the ministry that just this one church had, the focus to serve these children and to provide an education uh, for them has transformed the hearts of the community to the point that during the pandemic, all these ministries were shut down. Uh, people were sequestered in their homes to the exception of our Mercy Network churches that were escorted by the police in the community to Mm. be able to do their food deliveries. (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. Wow. So uh, we were looking at the pictures. We cannot believe it. Police officers unloading the food packs (laughs) for (laughs) our churches to be able to deliver the boxes of food to these different families. If that's not the hand of God, we don't know what is. Wow. Wow. Yeah.
0: Wow, fantastic.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, it just reminds me of uh, one of the, the people that we support in India was sharing with us uh, what the uh, this well, this bore well that they were able to put in place in their small village, what it has meant to the ministry there as the people are used to the wealthy that have the wells, not sharing, not giving, but this Christian church is sharing and giving in the name of christ and amen just reflects what the gospel is supposed to reflect the grace of god so what you just shared that is what a brilliant wonderful idea uh knowing that the time is short on on this earth to do this work to plant those ministry centers or mercy centers that's a great what a wonderful
2: idea praise the lord praise the lord Uh, Help us pray that the next three that are in mm. consideration mm. We're, we're very excited about, uh, particularly the one in Kenya. Mm. Um, if you're familiar with the ministry or the, the the poverty in Kenya, the biggest slum in all of Africa is in Nairobi, Kenya. Mm. And uh, there is a uh, Kenya, Kenya is also one of the richest countries in Africa. So there is a lot of migration to Kenya uh, for the, for the purpose of work So. But sadly, as, as you can assume, uh, a lot of the kids, children, teenagers that come from other countries, from Uganda, from Zambia, that come to Kenya to find work, they end up in these slums mm. and, and they end up in the streets, uh, sniffing glue, um, becoming alcoholics uh, and participating in a whole lot of uh, different drugs. Mm. The, the, the coming Mercy Center that we're proposing has as a purpose to serve as the catch between the, their their migration of children and the slums. And mm. it's, it's going to be in a strategic place where we're going to be able to have a training, lodging, a sports, mm. a church, and a clinic all in one place. So the kids that come in, before they land in the streets and the slums of Nairobi are able to land in the hands of the local church that is going to extend love and provide food, provide lodging, by like training, vocational training uh gospel uh teaching and and shepherding to these kids that are coming from multiple different countries in kenya so we're very excited about the the next opportunity and uh, we're praying that the lord can can save many uh in in this in this new endeavor
0: that that sounds great
2: great. that's great Well, there's so much
1: uh, to share, and and I know your heart, Mario, we hear your heart come out, and it's yeah. encouraging just to listen to you share about all that's happening around the world, all the different types of ways that God is working through a food box, through these buildings, through the local church, through the people of God. We know He's working uh, all around the world. We don't always hear it. We don't see it on the news, but we hear it at, at Children's Hunger Fund, what God is doing, and it's always encouraging. So you know, thank you for coming on and sharing yeah. uh, so much with us. Yeah. Uh, I hope yeah. our listeners uh, are encouraged by what's happening. If you want to learn more about the ministry, uh, you can go to uh, childrenshungerfund.org and learn more about the work that's being done. Um, reach out to us if you have any questions we'll send them mario's way if you're interested <laughs> but uh, the lord is doing a lot of work and that's why we wanted to bring mario Amen. on just to share about how much the lord is doing internationally and that's only a sample of the 32 different countries that yeah. we're working mm. in, in many many mm. churches so uh, we hope you're encouraged by this episode if you have any questions or any further uh, comments please reach out to us Uh, Feedback at rodandstaff.org. And we hope you will join us uh, next time.
0: If you enjoyed this episode of the Rod and Staff podcast, please subscribe and share with others. For more information or to contact the host with questions or comments, please send email correspondence to feedback at rodandstaff.org. That is feedback at rod,
2: the letter N, staff.org.